The film and TV show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Films. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV shows. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV show. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. Television. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. I love this film. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. And with me, as always, is Alex. Hello. Hello. It's <laughs> nice, nice to be back. Yes, yeah, it's nice. And you're on time this week. Yeah, regular. I know, yeah, regular like <laughs> clockwork. At least you're on time this week, not uh, 15 minutes late. <clears throat> yeah, yes. that, that was uh, not my fault, that was traffic. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, so yes, so uh, hello, welcome. Um, it's bloody hot outside yeah it's it is steaming. hot isn't it really really hot see people who are going to be listening back to this mm. on the podcast in like december are going to think what are you talking about yeah well uh, now on the second of, of july yeah. yeah it's really hot um so uh, fair warning for tonight's show um for all of you out there who uh <laughs> <laughs> can I put this yeah, politely? yeah word this correctly <laughs> yeah um uh, for all the social, social justice women, uh, no social justice warriors. Yeah, yes, for all you second. social justice warriors out there, um, you may as well just not bother listening to to this show because we are going to be slating and trashing the Ghostbusters remake reboot failure uh, of 2016. So we are going to be absolutely uh, laying into it because, uh, as most of you will know, if you listen regularly to the show and you listen to our podcast, that I hate it <laughs> with an absolute passion. I hate it almost as much as I hate Prometheus and Covenant, which is saying mm. a hell of a lot, to be honest, because I really hate those films. They are crap. Well, they don't have that much of an issue with me. I just see them as non-films, really. I just don't watch them. Well, I've I tried. Once. I watched them once, and that was enough yeah. to kind of put me yeah. off for life. Um, but yes, so so anyway, that's what we're going to be doing tonight. So you have been given fair warning. Mm-hmm. Um, we will play a song just so that obviously if you are of that ilk um, and you're not normal, then um, you just switch off now. Just switch yeah. off. We'll play, play a very, uh, very, very quick song. I say quick. It's not really quick. Um, but we'll play a very quick song and then we'll be back and we will get straight into talking about... Ghostbusters. Strange. 
Yeah, Ghostbusters, <laughs> just don't call Paul Feig. And it just comes back to us going, trash fire, trash absolute fire, yes. trash fire. <laughs> yes, so you were absolutely warned. So yeah. uh, if you are going to be triggered or you feel like you're going to be triggered, please switch off. And if you want to catch up on the podcast on iTunes, etc., etc., then you can do. Um, but I need to say, like straight off the bat, I don't hate this film because it's all yeah. women cast. Okay, yeah, can... That is not why I hate this film. Because... If you say you hate this film, it's because it's an all-women cast, apparently. And no, that's not the reason why people hate it. People hate it because it's dog shit. Yeah. And um, just flat out, it's awful. We're going to tell you why, but let's just rewind slightly yeah. and just talk about the original and what made that so good in comparison. Because when you've got to think about the original from 1980-something... Yeah, don't Something like that. Years, yeah, yeah, something like 1980-something, right? You know, you, it was... When it came out, it was something a bit different, and mm-hmm. it was it was funny, and it was funny because the jokes were written by professional writers with a comedic funny bone, and the timing of Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, um, uh, who plays Egon? Oh, God oh, damn it, that's going to really do my head in now. But, um, and then you obviously, you know, it's, you're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. It's just they had comedic, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis, yeah, because who sadly did pass away. But and Ernie when, Hudson, and yeah, Ernie Hudson, um, who 
you know S- still there still there yeah he was yeah. still going he goes to a lot of comic cons actually <clears throat> but they had comedic timing i mean you've only got to look look at the which was completely unscripted by the way in the original film when they go do ray egon that egon was actually not scripted mm. he wasn't meant to do that it was meant to something was meant to happen but he just kind of threw that in there so you don't and that's the thing you know you had such great off the cuff stuff and there's loads of stuff in the Ghostbusters film that wasn't actually meant to be in the film but they just thought you know what this is brilliant we'll just keep it in yeah and the same with number two as well but what that has in an abundance the 2016 remake has in nothing it like literally has absolutely nothing I mean you know, I, I'll, I, say, I, I'll say the difference right now um, in terms of the writing uh purely from the sort of screenplay script uh, that the actors had. Obviously, the, um, you know, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd and everyone had an involvement with the writing so that they could basically write how they would speak themselves. Uh, I think it really shows on screen because it does come across as very sort of just like informal, very chatty, back and forth. It feels like your party to some sort of sick in-joke between yeah. them all when they're when they're doing their little their little skits and it's literally like being taken to work with the ghostbusters yeah yeah it's like completely impromptu almost whereas uh what i what i got the main feeling from this new ghostbusters was it was so heavily scripted like they had to say those lines in exactly the way that they were written because i kid you not i was half expecting laugh tracks on the movie because there are pauses yeah. in the movie after these jokes happen, and you're just like, that's giving the audience enough time to laugh so that they can then make another joke after it and not have people miss yeah. it. But yeah. it's just... I mean, let, let's just... It's completely unnatural how, to, how they is. speak. And what what gets it for me is uh, Paul Feig obviously directed the film. Now, he's actually not a bad director or a script writer. He's done a couple of real crap films. Yeah. But he's done, he's done a couple of films that have actually been okay. Um, but the fact that he's done so much stuff with Melissa McCarthy, who, by all accounts, is the worst actress I've ever clapped eyes on, and that even goes for the, the silly bird from Twilight and um, the woman, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who mm. just has kind of one acting style. I, I, I loathe Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> I, th- I think that she is completely unfunny. She is like the Miranda of the American film world. And Miranda is totally unfunny in I'm, every way, shape, and form. I'm not going to say she's my all-time hated. Uh, I don't think I've ever. Written. I didn't say she was my all-time hated. I said she's that I hate her and yeah, I loathe okay. her. Well, There's a big difference. There's a few that I hate more than. Well, her. I don't really hate her. I, I just think she's again one of these forgettable, um, forgettable people uh, in that's been cast purely on her background as a, a comedian. Uh, and I would say that she probably just needed to stay with SNL rather than jumping yeah. into trying to make with movies. With all due respect, Amy Schumer would have done a better job. She's actually at least, she's at least funny 10% of the time. There's issues with her stealing jokes, though. That's, well, that's the main issue. Well, um, yeah, but you can't say that because obviously that's... That, that, you're not how allowed dare to you? How, women, how very dare you say jokes. that... No. Yeah, women can't <laughs> steal jokes. God. No, well, um, did she steal it from a man? 
a couple of times, yeah. But you can't generally say from, that. Generally, from other female com- comedians. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's standard. Most comedians steal jokes anyway, or they don't steal them; they reword them. You know, I've heard I've heard Lee Evans jokes being used by other comedians. They've yeah. been reworded, but you can tell it's a Lee Evans joke. Yeah. And vice versa. You know. But anyway, I just find Melissa McCarthy very unfunny, and in the film, she is massively unfunny. The only good thing about the film is Kate McKinnon. I actually like her as Holtzman. I think she actually is probably the most talented of the lot. And she actually has quite a few funny lines. And she actually does it all right. I actually think she, she was probably the standout for me for the film. I don't really think any of them stood out to me. Uh, I think they were all pretty much as bad as each other. Uh, I found Kate McKinnon's character a bit too like heavy on the this is the, you know... Harold Rames character 2.0. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was like Egon supercharged. Yeah, and there was that sort of Sheldon-esque character to, to it that I was just yeah. like, okay, yeah, we get it. She's a, she's a nerd and she's also socially um, In awkward. An, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I just, a lot of the casting to me was just like, it felt exactly like uh, a board meeting that was like, right, we're going to cast all women for this. Uh, and I was thinking that we just put some SNL women uh, because obviously the originals were all SNL. Uh, and that doesn't make yeah. sense to me because, well, from a business standpoint, I guess it makes sense because you're literally just trying to copy and paste uh, the success of the previous one. But at the same time, you they didn't research the, the individuals they were... Uh, hiring for this movie it mainly felt a lot like nepotism uh basically oh uh, melissa mccarthy i'll cast her uh she's got a friend chris uh kirsten wig will uh, she'll be cast um and then oh they'll bring kate mckinnon along and uh, leslie jones leslie jones as well and then we'll stick in the token bloke to play the uh the janine spellman cast uh or character and we'll make him a complete imbecile Oh, they made imbeciles of every man, uh, every man in this movie. I've got a whole list of yeah. things that they just basically did in this movie that I completely couldn't understand, so I had to write down. I literally paused a movie just to write these down. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you spiel off because you've got a big old list there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, basically, uh, they made the sp- uh, they made scenes specifically relating to online commenters, and this comes back more than once in it and this was the top thing that i put down because at this point um it wasn't being ripped to shreds online for the reviews it was being ripped to shreds for the trailer Uh, and i do understand that a trailer doesn't portray a movie but the whole idea of putting scenes in the movie to basically address the haters and the trolls is so petty it's yeah. one of the most petty things I've ever seen, like, a full-blown movie do. Yeah, it's like they've put the trailer out, people slammed it, so they've put in additional scenes. With them going, oh, don't ignore the ignore the trolls online. Like, it's like, you don't need to address that. Did, did, did they not realise, though, that most people will vent online yeah. about a film? That is the most used medium. It's the security of anonymity. It's basically, oh, no one knows who I am online. Therefore, I can say anything I want online. Unless you're in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, in which case they will hunt you down <laughs> and they will kick your ass. Right on your doorstep. On your doorstep. Yeah, that movie was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in an outrageous, oh my God, this is cheesy kind of way. But, yeah. 
Uh, and that's not because they're just men in there. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, like this, we feel we have to like, say it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's like literally everything I say is like, oh, this is this was really funny. It was all men. Damn. Uh, um, but no, there's uh, there's lots of different things. So um, I would assume it tries to relay equality as a message due to the characters all being female. But the African American is stereotypically stereotypically racist in the film. It's like portrayed as the stereotypical african-american woman yeah uh, and that was the main thing i was like oh this is trying to portray equality somehow and yeah. then they just they completely got it wrong whereas in in the original one it, you didn't feel like that at all no Ernie hudson's character was just like he he was definitely included as more of a sort of oh this is a random guy who just showed up and happened to join but at the same time he wasn't like he wasn't doing like kfc jokes or anything like that to make it Oh, I'm I'm the black guy. I'm I'm the funny one. Yeah, he was just a member that joined. Yeah, and he actually got a couple of great scenes towards the end of the film, especially when he has a go uh, yeah. at Ray. He's like, when you were asked if you were a god, you say yes, <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's a, quite a, a popular quote mm. because it, it ties in, and also in the second film, he gets a lot more in the second film. He gets yeah. a lot more in Ghostbusters too. And I know that's a lot of like Leslie Jones' own humor. Um, like, I I quite enjoy Leslie Jones when she's on S- SNL. She's yeah, done she is, some amazing. Yeah, she is uh, bits, massively as well as talented. Kate um, yeah. but I just feel like if it wasn't, if it's not the actors, then it's got to be the writers, and it's got to be the directors and the producers and everyone behind it, uh, behind the camera, saying yes, that was good. You know, yeah. end scene cut. It's like they've got a bunch of yes people behind the scenes and they are literally just like yeah that's great yeah that's funny mm. and then it gets panned it's like oh well we can't have that let's have a dig at everybody and it's like yeah. well you're digging in yourself at your own grave because you are going to get absolutely slammed for doing it mm. um, I also find that uh, well I also found that the uh, cameos of the original Ghostbusters uh, I think there's well, there's Dan Aykroyd Ernie Hudson and um, Bill Murray at certain points Bill Murray is killed off in this I know and they're all portrayed as either cowards or blundering idiots yeah because Danak was a cabbie isn't he yeah and he's like I ain't afraid of no ghost and like just drives off yeah um, because he's obviously afraid uh, Ernie Hudson's the uh, the funeral director yeah uh, and he's obviously an idiot um, because he just keeps giving cars away to this uh, to his niece I think yeah who's Leslie Jones uh, and then you've got Bill Murray who is the the sort of uh, ghost debunker person, yeah, and he's he's like instantly killed off as soon as he's in the thing, and because he's an idiot, uh, yeah. and it's just such a way. Like, obviously, Bill Murray didn't have to go on and sign on to do this. Neither did Dan Aykroyd, neither did Ernie Hudson. But what an irreverent way of treating the past character, past actors who basically set this up for you. Yeah. Uh, and just to throw them under the bus like that and treat them uh, that way. And then you've got um, just generally all the police chiefs, Chris Hemsworth's characters and things like that. It's just all the men are idiots, including the main villain. The main uh, bad guy is a guy, uh, and he is obviously not capable of creating his own scientific devices to channel the ghosts. It's obviously stolen from the main female protagonist's book. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Kirsten Wiggs' character, Kirsten isn't it? Kirsten Wiggs, yeah, when yeah. she wrote that book. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, like, why? Why are you doing this? Because 
It's like biting the hand that fed you. It, you know, it, yeah. it's the absolute lack. It's like the original. If the original Ghostbusters, if you looked back on it and it was highly sexist towards females, then I could kind of understand this sort of swing back. I mean, effect. there are there are sexist comments in there. I mean, Bill Murray is the only one that makes them. But then that's his character. His character is is a bit of a douchebag. He is a bit of a misogynist, his character. Mm. You know, but remember, this film was from 1984. Yeah. Yeah, times are different now than what they used to be. And people seem to forget. They seem to... And I actually... You know, I saw it on a programme, right? And and basically what they're saying is that people are trying to erase the difference in time, like 20, 30 years ago, and say, actually, no, that didn't happen blah, blah, mm. blah, uh, or that's wrong. It's like, it, it might be wrong by today's standards, but in them days, it, there was nothing wrong with it. What, it's difficult because, you know, like, imagine someone trying to recreate Mel Brooks's Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah. No Holy one's crap. Can ever you imagine? going to be able to do that. No, God, can you imagine the outcry? Only, like, someone like Quentin Tarantino, who could literally, you know, make something... And then say, oh, it's not racist because I did it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's generally, times change, and we can understand that we have to move with them. Yeah, but you but can't the change time, films that have already happened. You, well, they're, they're retconning it because they didn't even acknowledge the previous Ghostbusters in this movie. Like, because they're different characters, Yeah, there is no history that previous Ghostbusters before them were there. It's just a case of oh, we're going to make our own uh, sort of Ghostbusters universe and start it with these women and have the old guys just show up just to sort of tease all of you previous fans uh, because we're probably going to kill them off or make them out to be cowards. Which they did anyway. and Or idiots. You know, yeah, and uh, I mean, we were talking before we started and uh, Dan Aykroyd actually like went yeah. apeshit, didn't he? He went berserk after... After the reviews came out and people sort of questioned him as to why he made, uh, why he sort of allowed for this to happen. Because as a co-writer, you have to sign off on things to, although it's probably owned by the... Uh, I'd imagine it's owned by the studio yeah. now. Um, but he he was in this interview and he basically just goes off on how Paul Feige, uh, or Paul Feige messed this up. And just, uh, it's quite, it's quite... Uh, strange to hear an actor who has obviously been paid some sort of money to star in this film then turn around and just be like, yeah, it, w- it was total trash. Yeah. But, you know, it happens. Occasionally you get actors that are at that sort of level where they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about the uh, bad connotations. This might happen to me. I'm going to tell the truth. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, he had a massive part in the original film. So he's every right to be a bit peeved that someone has taken an original idea of his mm. and obviously the late great Howard Ramis and screwed it up so royally to please a minority, I would imagine. Yeah. But whatever, you know, what um, do we know? Yeah. Uh, I've got some more notes uh, basically saying, um, oh, <laughs> just uh, one little thing that I wrote in the corner, of these, uh, which is they shoot his dick and balls. Um it's like towards the very end when he's the giant marshmallow man. Yeah. Uh, his weak spot is his balls. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, wow, okay. See, that's the one thing that, that really annoys me about the film is that at no point 
were there any slanderous jokes in the original, but you get loads of man-hating jokes and tits and fanny jokes, and it's like that that wasn't what the original film was. It was nothing like that. They were they were funny and they were relevant. They weren't slide digs at people and um, or agenda. Good if they did if it was the opposite way around. There's male body shaming in this as well, by the way. Yeah. Oh there's, yeah. Um, with when, Chris Hemsworth, with the main villain who is just a. I would say just a regular body shape for for a guy. Um, he's just like kind of pudgy, you know, just average. Your average day, average day bloke, guy, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, and he dies and becomes a ghost and then inhabits Chris Hemsworth's body. Yeah. And then he makes so many comments about how amazing this new body is and how he wished he'd worked out when he was alive. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wow. Like, not... Not everyone is physically able to work out and just get a Chris Hemsworth body because Chris Hemsworth is a professional actor and he's playing a superhero in other franchises. Therefore, he's on a very strict diet and he's working out, like, probably uh, a lot during the week. He probably works out three times a day, Yeah, I would say, with an off day on a Sunday, probably, because that's what The Rock does. Yeah. And just look at The Rock. Yeah, I mean, God, I'd love to have a body like the Rock. Oh, oh, yeah. So would but I. But I'd have to sell my soul to the devil. I would. I would literally need people, like a whole team around me, in order to keep that sort of a, a thing going. Yeah, yeah. During my day to day, but it's just comp- and and then like, where is that in terms of balance in terms of the original? Because we know ne- there was never any comments about Sigourney Weaver's body or Annie Potts. Or, yeah, or her body. It was just. That it it doesn't make sense, and as well, I've just put a note. Well, not just put a note, but there is a note saying, uh, "How can this be uh, a remake? Because it's actually relying on a lot of what's uh, seen in the originals. Um, because there's there's callbacks, there's things like you know the weapon upgrades. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that is completely sort of obscure unless you've seen the originals and have gotten used to the original proton packs yeah because without it you'd be like well what's wrong with the old weapons yeah but no no they just have to upgrade they have to move on and there's like slimers back like if you've not seen the original you wouldn't understand the slimer references in this yeah that it does seem a bit odd i mean that they called it a reboot didn't they not a yep. remake they called it a reboot but yeah just it, it, yeah, it, it a lot of the jokes rely on having seen the originals as well. Yeah, the irony. Um, but you know, just going back to to the body shaming thing, the the main cast do it to Chris Hemsworth at the point where he he has his shirt off, and they're all like staring at him like googly eyes and and everything, and they're all. Well, like, I wouldn't say it's body shaming. It's more like um, perving. It's, yeah, it's just perving. And but like, heaven forbid, it was the other way around. Oh yeah! Imagine, um, imagine the original Ghostbusters, but with like a, a Megan Fox character, and that they literally just all start making comments about how they want to sleep with her. Yeah, I know that wouldn't go through today. I know it's it, that is that that is the main problem. And it's not like I'm upset. I'm not like defending Chris Hemsworth here. I'm sure he's a quite capable capable guy of doing it himself. Yeah, but it's just the fact that where are the equality standards if? You can say, oh, you're not allowed to do that to some people, and then other people, oh, they're fine to do it. Yeah. Where does it stop? Exactly, and there is no, there is nowhere to stop, and that is, that is the fundamental problem with this film, is that 
it is it is aimed at a particular audience that is just it's like a vanity project uh and it's not even a good film. I mean, The Ocean's Eight, I haven't seen it, but actually it's getting pretty decent reviews. Oh, I've heard, um, well, I've heard sort of... I mean, um, I've heard, it's a mixed bag, but I've yeah. heard some pretty decent reviews about it, which is great because I think it would actually be good to mm. have, uh, you know, to have a role reversal for things like Ocean's Eight because I think that would actually lend itself quite well. Yeah. Um, bring in new blood and uh, try different things. Um I'm not saying don't try new things and don't, like, make all-female cast movies. What I'm saying is uh, it's nothing to do with it being an all-female movie, but it's the fact that because it's an all-female movie, they think it's okay to put in these jokes in regards to men and sort of man-hating. It is literally man-hating, isn't it? To, let's be honest. That's literally what it is. It's uh, it, it's a scandalous piece of cinematography, Um mm. The uh, the writing is comical, not in a good way. Um, mm. I mean, you only have to look at some of the dialogue. I mean, even the di- it's so wooden. It's just it doesn't flow. There's no, there doesn't seem to be much chemistry. Tell me on screen. Like literally, tell me the difference between the characters at the beginning of the film and the characters at the end. There's no character growth. No. Whereas um, at least in the original, you've got the character growth. Bill Murray's actually less of a douchebag. Less of a douchebag, um, more of a hero. Dan Aykroyd is um, slightly more well-rounded. His character's more well, not in, yeah. in not in that sense. But are you, you body know, shaming? I'm not body shaming. No, he was actually quite slim back then. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he was quite a well-rounded character. You know, he learned quite a bit. They mm. they obviously put a lot of effort into it. Harold Ramis's character was less socially awkward yeah and was more outgoing and he was more kind of boisterous you had the um Annie Potts was less annoying yeah and was more an actual part of the the team because at the beginning it just felt like Ernie she Hudson's was Hudson's character was more scientific like he, he was, he was learn, like learning things yeah. picking things up on the go yeah and and that that's no more evident than towards the very very end mm. you know um and then at the beginning of the second film yeah, you know, you have to see the second film to see the, the, you know, the massive difference from when he first steps outside Ghostbusters Towers yeah. to how he is at the beginning of the second film. It's like a different person. Yeah, you know, which is brilliant in terms of character growth, but there's no growth in in, in the remake. No, because Kristen Wiig's character, you could say that she basically learns that there are ghosts. Yeah, uh, and that her theories were correct, effectively her old theories. Um, but in terms of they they ruin any chance of serious sort of um, character development and interaction right at the beginning uh, by just basically having um, Melissa McCarthy's character accept her straight back like into their sort of ghost busting team almost yeah because it's like oh oh you realise there are ghosts oh brilliant join our team like there's no animosity there's no like issues there yeah. Um, like Kate McKinnon's character, as you know, there's she's a scientist. She builds things. She doesn't really overcome any difficulties. She just is there to provide them with sort of MacGuffins for them to use in the fights. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah. She doesn't. There's no real character story arc with her, uh, and I would say um, 
Leslie Jones's character goes from hating a job in the subway to uh, hating a job as a Ghostbuster because she's she's the one that's like running around like screaming her head off most of the time. And yeah, yeah. It, it, like you could say, she builds up a bit of confidence, and uh, at the very end of the movie, she's a proper Ghostbuster. But yeah, it's very minimal. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, it, it's difficult because you just you kind of want it to be good. You kind of will it to be good, and and it's a typical Hollywood thing at the moment is preying on people our ages nostalgia. Yeah. For for films from the nineteen eighties, Jurassic World. I mean, they are awful films. They are literally Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park: The Lost World, but with different names and different I, actors. And stuff. If I if I didn't like you, I would probably suggest going to see Fallen Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> but it because it's I a ha- good job you do then. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, uh, I've just sort of going off topic on. Fallen I have Kingdom. actually seen it. So oh, you have seen it. Yeah. So you you know the ending is ridiculous. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm a clone, therefore dinosaurs are good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, spoiler alert there, but yeah, it's it's pretty weird, um, pretty far fetched, and it is just with Fallen Kingdom, the main draw that I saw throughout the entire advertising, the entire interview process, all the build up was we have more dinosaurs in this than any other Jurassic Park, and that was it. Yeah. And it was literally, oh, uh, Jeff Goldblum's back. For five minutes. Yeah, right. We're in the courtroom. Yeah. And it's pretty much all shown in the trailer. Trailer. So Yeah. So enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy what you've already seen on a trailer that was much hyped and it's Yeah. It it's just preying on everyone's nostalgia for those good movies. Uh and they're they're basically taking the shiny wrapping paper from these movies and wrapping it around a steaming pile of garbage. Yeah. And trying to sell it off as the same thing. Yeah, well, it pretty much is. I mean, you know, going back to the, to the Ghostbusters film, you know, when you hear that they're remaking it, the, your first instance is, oh, my God, no, why are you even thinking about touching a classic? But then you go back to thinking, well, actually, Hollywood hasn't got any new ideas anyway, mm. so why not just take something from some from our, our past and our nostalgia, an absolute classic, and make it more modern which is fair enough if they're going to make it more modern and they they want to reach a different type of audience because i can tell you that most probably 20 year olds would never have seen ghostbusters or if they have they didn't get it 15 to 20 year olds would not have seen ghostbusters and even if they did they'd probably say it's a bit of a snore fest because i there's not that much that happens until the very end yeah um, it's just a massive build-up. But that's what films were like back in the 80s. Yeah, because they knew pacing and uh, story development and character uh Character development, yeah, and and everything that films nowadays don't have. Yeah. But, um, and, okay, let's go on, on the different side of things. Let's try and give some compliments, like, as hard as it will be, let's try and give some compliments about the Ghostbusters. It movie. has an ending. There we go. There's a compliment. I would say that some of the visuals uh, and the color styles for me were interesting. I I enjoyed some of the visual styles that they used for the ghosts. Yeah, yeah, that was a little. Yeah, it, it was that was an upgrade on the original because the originals yeah. were, you, were your bog standard ghosts, which there was no real imagination. Unless it was Vigo. Vigo was awesome. <laughs> oh, Viggy, Viggy. Oh, that. Do you know what? He is just the best. That is probably my all-time favorite quote from the Ghostbusters thing. 
Joe's Viggy, 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 you've been a bad monkey. <laughs> that is probably, because that is just Britain, well, that one, and probably um, there is no Dana, only Zool. See, I like that from Sigourney Weaver. I thought that was actually quite creepy. I, I quite like uh, Ernie Hudson's, that's a big Twinkie. Yes, yeah, <laughs> when they're talking about the, yeah, 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 yeah that is actually quite good. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of this movie, the visuals, uh, the colour styles uh, were interesting. Some of the uh, ghost character designs were pretty interesting to link in with like some of the local history that they might have uh, in that sort of area at the time. Um, uh, other other pluses. Chris Hemsworth was all right. I think he was underused. Um, I would have liked to have seen a bit more character development from him, from being a bumbling idiot to maybe just a half-wit, but, you know. But, you know, you can't... Uh, you, you, you've got to stick with what you know in the film. Yeah. You know? Um like you said, the actresses themselves, like Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, to a certain extent for you, um, I don't think it was their fault. I think it was just what they were given. And um, oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not blaming them. Just because no. I don't like Melissa McCarthy doesn't mean that she can't pull off you know, a decent film. There are some films where she is absolutely tolerable. Yeah. And, you know, she actually adds something to the character. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I personally just don't like her as as a comedic actress. I think she's OTT. I think she's very much, look at me, look at me. She's very much a Rebel Wilson type. Yeah, I was going to say she's the older Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Or like Rebel Wilson, like pre-patch or something you know yeah 1.0 version <laughs> yeah yeah she's very but, but, but <laughs> she's the free compared to the uh you know subscribed rebel wilson <laughs> but see rebel wilson is actually funny yeah in a the, very brash yeah but that's the thing that, yeah but that's her personality as a, as a person <laughs> when you watch any interviews with rebel wilson you will see that she's like she's actually quite brash and for that's mm. because uh, is she is she an aussie or is she a she I think she's Aussie. Yeah, but that, that's them as a, as a, you know, they are very kind of out, outspoken, yeah. outgoing, and, and it's massively endearing. She was uh, pretty awesome. She's she's actually got a decent um, vocal range. She has In well. terms of, when I say vocal range, not only is she a good singer, but she can do certain accents, like okay, because she did Brothers Grimsby. Yeah, she did. She tried <laughs> to do a Northern, and that was actually quite funny. Yeah. It was bad, but it was hilarious. It was yeah. like Dick Van Dyke. Yes. Bad. Yeah. But it was still good. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, she is great. And Melissa McCarthy, you know, as much as I don't like her as an actress, I think, you know, she isn't the worst thing about the film. No, there are lots of I I issues. actually do like Kate McKinnon. I do think that as Holtzman, she actually is probably the standout for the film. For me, I think she gets the best lines. I would I th- like to see Kate McKinnon in another movie, just not Ghostbusters. That's that's literally how I would like to try and um, ascertain whether she's whether it was just bad luck on that part, which I do believe it, it was just bad luck because she does some awesome sketches again for SNL, uh, and it is possible for the like for the people that are saying oh SNL is different from back in the times of Bill Murray and everything. Yes, it is different, but the people that are doing it are still very talented. You've got the likes of. Uh, other SNL actors that can 
do quite well in the sort of movie industry with Andy Samberg and um, his sort of uh, Lonely Island crew. I mean, well, you've got let, let, let's reel off right Saturday Night Live alumni. Yeah. Okay. So you've got Lorne Michaels, Will Ferrell, Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, Keenan Thompson, Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey, Pete Davidson, Seth Meyers, Colin Joss, Alec Baldwin, Chris Farley, Amy mm. Puler, Michael Che, Eddie Murphy, Daryl Hammond, um, Leslie Jones, Bill Murray, Fred Arneson, Chevy Chase, Adam Sandler, Cecilie Strong, Mike Myers, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Sasha uh, Zamata, uh, A.D. Bryant, uh, Jason Sudeikis, Dana Carvey, um, Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah. I love Maya Rudolph. I think she's fantastic. I absolutely love Maya Rudolph. David Spade, Tracy Morgan, Conan O'Brien. Um, yeah. So Jane Hooks. You, strangely, got, Justin Timberlake. Well, they're, they're the guests. Some of them are just guests that have yeah. become alumni over the years. Yeah. But, I mean... You know, there's a lot of successful people. Yeah, really successful. That. Tina Fey is doing um, she's amazing, amazing, as well as Amy Poehler, uh, yeah. who's in Parks and Recreation. Um, but she's really good. Amy Poehler, is it Poehler? Poehler, I think. Poehler, whatever, you know, she's got a, a great back catalogue, you know, Mean Girls, Sisters, Inside Out, The House, Blades of Glory. She's great in Blades of Glory. <laughs> yes. As one of the, the Fairchild. Yeah. As one of the Fairchilds. Um, Envy, Mr. Woodcock, love Mr. Woodcock. She's good in Mr. Woodcock. Um, Horton, here's a, here's a who. Shrek the Third. Um, so yeah, you've got you've got these people um, that have come from uh, a great background, and I just think the project that they were given was absolute, you know, garbage. Yeah, like I think it was doomed from the start because everyone did say. Why are they remaking this? Uh, and the only reason that I can think of is because because China itself is such uh, a big market right now for uh, well for anything for, Hollywood for wants, anything. To, wants because to pump out. Yeah, basically uh, for those that don't really know much about sort of China's history with the rest of the world, uh, it's up until very recently it's had a massive media shut down the government was in control of what went in and what went out yeah of the, the internet was the internet was actually blocked filtered yeah, yeah. It, was, it was yeah but it wasn't just filtered though let's be honest it was a humongously filtered yeah. you literally what you can find on the internet that we can easily access they just wouldn't to, just imagine five percent of that you could access if if five percent and uh up until very recently that has now uh sort of come down and the things that they're trying to do is capitalize because every every sort of remake, every chance that the Chinese audience gets to view new products from Hollywood now, such as the Jurassic Worlds and the Transformers and things, it does really well over there because they didn't get to see the originals at the points that were released in the 1990s and that sort of era. Yeah. So that's why they're getting such big numbers. The problem is... That's China, and it hasn't got the sort of comparative, you know, structure to it to see, oh, Jurassic Park, uh, you know, that's way better. Like, yeah. hands, hands down, Jurassic Park just blows everything that's come after it out of the water. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, to 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 just show, right, there isn't a... For, for the original Ghostbusters, there isn't a, a, a total cost 
Yeah. Okay. But the original Ghostbusters, just in the US alone, mm-hmm. made $295.2 million, right? That's a big Twinkie. That is a big Twinkie. And the new one had a budget of $144 million and made $229.1. That's, that's, a, that's $70 million just in the US difference. Plus, their outlay, I can guarantee you, is going to be four times as much, mm. at least, as to what it would have cost back in the 80s. thing is, though, when I, when I think about that movie, about the new Ghostbusters... Where did the money go exactly? Because, uh, probably on CGI, yeah, I but, would imagine. Yeah, but the CGI wasn't that revolutionary. We're not talking Avatar. We're talking just some scenes with ghosts. And I just need to interject. Yeah. The uh, original Ghostbusters budget was thirty million. Yeah, of course it was. It was going to be super low. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, even it's just insane. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, anyway. Um, and the second one was $25 million. It actually, Scrooged actually had a higher budget. See. Just what I'd throw it in, because that's a Bill Murray film, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know where that $144 million went. And uh, and our station manager, before we, we started, obviously made a good point, is that that probably doesn't include advertising. No, it doesn't. That probably doesn't include advertising, Facebook... Um, trailer, you know, pumping out trailers over social Even media. Just billboards and yeah, I mean, back the in the eighties, you didn't you didn't have stuff like that. You had billboards, maybe, and yeah. you had TV, and you'd have TV slots, and you'd stick it on prime time and the know. cinema advertisements. Yeah. Know. Whereas now, I mean, now they're just a pain in the backside more than anything. It's just mm. a waste of twenty five minutes to half an hour because you've already seen the trailers. You've probably already seen them on YouTube or. Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I just feel like because they're relying so heavily on retro uh, feelings towards movies, well, you know, it, all this uh, sort of cashing in on... Even Star Wars is doing it, to, to be honest with you. Um, and the more they do this, the more they're killing their own business. Yeah. Because eventually... What's going to happen is we are not going to see it, uh, see these movies, no matter how good they might be, because you never know. Like once in a blue moon, there'll be one that will be, oh, this is actually an all right remake. Uh, can we think of any off the top of our head? Uh, <laughs> okay, maybe. Total Recall? No. No. Uh, um, okay, <laughs> maybe my point was invalid. I, I, <laughs> I mean, like, okay, let's go for the Star Wars thing. I don't think Force Awakens is that bad. I think it was the first of its kind, and it doesn't do too bad of a job. Do you know what? It doesn't, and I will agree with you. I don't think Force Awakens is actually that bad, really. From then, it sort of goes downhill, and it's well, I don't know. I like Rogue then. One. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, saying, like, it's gone from Force Awakens, which is reasonably good, to good with Rogue One, and then, you know, slowly descending down. With yeah, Last Jedi, Jedi and uh, Solo. Solo, yeah. Which... Ironically, I I didn't mind Solo. There was some issues with it, yeah, but for for all the issues it had in production, I was like I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't a total Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be see this, this is, is going to be the thing now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're going to um it's actually made a bad connotation of the word Ghostbuster. Like you can say, "Oh, that's that looks like a a Ghostbusters 2016." 
And yeah. people are going to have to freeze it with in brackets yeah, how 2016. Many, how many times have I actually done that on this show? Yeah, yeah, we do refer to that movie a lot. <laughs> when we say bad film... It's the poster child. Yeah, and and it is. And it's a, it's a shame because it will just tarnish... It has tarnished the original yeah. Ghostbusters film through association. And it's... I can guarantee you, if you found like a 20-year-old that hated the Ghostbusters 2016... The idea of trying to get them to sit down and watch the original Ghostbusters would be impossible. Yeah. Because they would think, I'm not watching that because I've seen the remake, and if it's based off of that, then I don't want to see it. Yeah, because it's going to be just as bad. And that, you know, it, it's a generation that that are going to miss out on, on classic films. And I, mm. I, I understand the reasoning behind doing it, but what I don't understand is why you would literally churn out such turd because it is terrible. I mean, I don't think I know a single person that actually likes the remake, the 2016 Ghostbusters. I don't think I know a single person that actually likes it. I don't know. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I can go on Twitter and there'll yeah. be hundreds of thousands of people absolutely fawning over it. And that's fine. Yeah. You know. Comedy is subjective at the end of the day. Yeah, um, you, know, you can't some, really call it comedy. It's it, it's more well, uh, well, it, it's more laughs for dummies, isn't it? Let's be honest. Well, we say this, but like you know, like it is completely subjective because some people like Russell Brand, some people don't, um, and you know, it's divisive. Yeah, it is divisive, but I would be keen to know whether people actually liked it if they've seen it, or even if they've been to see it and how they would compare it to the original. I know people will say, well, you can't compare it. Yeah, but you can, because it uses the original as source material. Yeah, There's no two ways about it. It uses the original for the source of its, uh, inverted commas, jokes. Mm. and uh, It's one of those things that... Um, you you can't just simply get away with calling back to the originals through like little quips and everything without then connecting them in some way. And it's just a confusing, confusing movie when you start thinking about how, like the idea that they are connected somehow. Like, yeah. it's just very confusing. And um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of. I'm 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 almost exhausted from talking about this this garbage movie because it is garbage movie. It is. It, it absolutely is garbage. How it even managed to make 229 million US dollars. That's advertising the, for you. Honestly, I don't I don't understand how uh, it's like people have gone to the cinema to watch it and they have been robbed of their you know, their wage packet. Because let's be honest, that's how much it costs to go to the bloody cinema now. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you need a mortgage to go to the cinema and to have something to eat and drink because it's massively overpriced. And you need to make sure you're going to have a good time to go and see these things. And the last thing you want to do is come out of a movie feeling like underwhelmed. And yeah. that's the main problem with some of these movies that are coming out, like Fallen Kingdom, like Ghostbusters. You're coming out and you're thinking... Like, maybe you're... Justice League. Yeah, yeah, even Justice League, because I nearly fell asleep during that. Um, there there are points in these movies that do they that might spike your adrenaline. It might, like, go, oh, that was cool. Like, yeah. one, one or two points. Like, for instance, spoiler alert, in Fallen Kingdom, 
when uh, when the volcano is exploding, like right near the beginning. Yeah, you don't expect it. it just you don't expect goes, it, yeah. and it, and it's pretty awesome. And there's some interesting set pieces and like things that happen. Uh, and Maybe. then when you come out of the movie, there's that movie uh, that movie the moment where you realise actually that was kind of stupid. Yeah, and but but with with the remake of Ghostbusters, there isn't any point in which you come out and think actually. That part was good. Yeah, it was. It was the. It was basically the reverse of it, where I honestly felt I just watched it on Netflix. Like this is. I did not pay money I, to see this. I didn't go and watch it at the cinema. Although either. technically, I guess. Netflix, yeah, but you, yeah. yeah, you still pay Netflix. Um, I didn't go to the cinema to watch it. I refused to go yeah, to the cinema to watch well. it. Um, but it's one of those things where afterwards, I just felt like I'd wasted a good hour and something. Uh, of watching this movie i remember specifically there might have been one or two moments where i'd half laughed where it's you know the (laughs) sort of thing yeah and then nothing and to and what is essentially a comedy movie uh with so many comedy elements in there with a strong female cast of comedy professionals and and let's let's get it straight though they are comedy professionals they've been on snl they've done sketches they've done things that are actually genuinely funny yep. and they are genuinely funny people in the right you, medium. You don't get to where they are without being good at their jobs. No. No, of course you don't. Exactly. You know, I mean, the, it doesn't say how long the film is. I'm trying to see how long Ghostbusters is. It, it's, you know, however many minutes it is, it's that many minutes too long. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you've only got to look at the reviews. I'm just looking on IMDb, scrolling through them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it, it's not great to be perfectly honest. You know, it, the reviews 171,000 reviews and it scores a 5.3, which is, I think, being generous. Mm. If I'm completely honest, um, it was actually written by Katie Dippold. Wow, um, uh, I don't, don't know, know who she is. But, um, um, I, I feel sorry for the fact that, uh, and Paul Feig actually wrote it as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just, uh, honestly, it's one of those things where, you know, so so many um people can be involved in this movie, and you can't really pin down who's to really blame. An hour and fifty six minutes. Hour and 56. nearly two hours of your life that you Oof. will not get back. Yeah. That's that's brutal, and it's a twelve A action comedy fantasies class dance. Uh, rubbish pants, awful would be yeah. how I class it. But you know, but but now we've got this out of the way, I won't need to keep harking back to this. Yeah, uh, I probably is, will do. But well, it'll be the the thing that we mentioned in passing and refer to as the the disaster of. Yeah, I mean, I would class it in the same bracket as Prometheus and Covenant. I'd probably... I'd, it's in its own bracket to me. Like, it is so far below. Um, I'm really hoping that Predator is on the level of Alien Covenant and uh, Prometheus oh, rather oh, than oh, let's not even Ghostbusters Let's not one. even go into that. Yeah. Because cause that could end up being a Ghostbusters. Yeah, it is literally on that path right now from... It's going to go. It's going to go one or two. One of two ways. It's going to be a Ghostbusters, or it's going to be hugely amazing. I don't think there's going to be any medium. I think it's going to be either a Ghostbusters or a Prometheus. 
So I'm talking either so, bad or so. You, so you're talking average. you're talking a floater or one that sinks. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> because I'd, I'd well, you know, those of you who listen all if the time, if it can keep its head above water, is all I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that absolute bombshell. horrible bombshell <laughs> and uh, visual image for you, lovely yeah. listeners out there. Um, that brings us to the end of our uh, slagging off fest. Yeah, um, I'm dry in the mouth about that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of feel like drained from having to <laughs> having to justify why I hate the film, but also having to keep saying it's not because it's a whole women cast. Yeah. It, it, that's not what it is. Like we said at the beginning, it's not that. And I, I do strongly say to anyone out there that doesn't want to go and watch a movie because it's an all female cast, just grow don't, up yeah don't be a douche just because it's all females doesn't mean it's going to be crap it'll only be crap if the writing is bad and if the direction is bad yeah. Ocean's 8 is uh, go and see it because if you like the originals this is a very interesting take and I say interesting not in the sarcastic blah type way I mean interesting as in from a seeing it from the different perspective of women there's mm. so much more that can be done with women actresses, with, with women actors, as opposed to what the blokes could get away with. Yeah. So it opens up more doors. Yes. In a much there are two posi- different in a positive way. There are two different distinct criminal sort of uh, worlds. Uh, one of which is the sort of almost violent male, and the other one is the female that's a lot more sly and a lot more. Well, in- not that they're, they're super smart. Yeah. They literally have the intelligence to back up. And and that's what I think Ocean's Eight is trying to get across is that it's mm. very technical, very um, very slick in what it's trying to do. So you know, don't ever not go and watch a film because it's an all women cast because that just makes you a dick. I would love to uh, if they make another Ocean's movie after this to see both of them, uh, both the you know uh, Danny Ocean's team. And Can you? Yeah, but that how amazing would that be? That I would mean, be like Ocean's Fifty Two though. <laughs> well, so many people. Yeah, it, it, it would be great, but. You know the reason that we that we hate on Ghostbusters is because the writing is cracked, and it could have been better. I it, think that's the main element. We wanted a really good Ghostbusters movie, and what we got was something far from it. Yeah, and it wasn't good at all. And that's no slight on the cast whatsoever. Um, it's all on the director, the writing, the scripting, the editing, the production. All of that mm. is the reason why it sucks massively, not the cast. It's irrelevant of who's casting it. The jokes don't work. The The writing is wooden. The chemistry is lacking because the writing is writ- it, it done in a specific way. It's mm. not a free-flowing comedic style of writing. It's very forced, and that is what makes it terrible and nothing else. Right. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, done. Awesome. Bury Thank it. you guys for listening. Um, we hope you've uh, you've enjoyed this and you, <laughs> you've maybe learnt something perhaps. I don't know. Um, but we will be back next week. Again, we don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll, um, find a, we'll find something. We'll find something. We'll be a little bit more lighthearted. I actually fancy doing like another Disney or something. Just Yeah. Because. We could do anything. Just because. But we'll, 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 we'll discuss it. We're the masters it. of our own universe. <laughs> we are. Yes. So, uh, so thank you all for listening. We massively appreciate it. Um, and if you are listening on the podcast, thank you very much. 106,000 subscribers. Uh, you guys are awesome. Mm. Thank you so much for that. That is, uh, it just seems to be growing week on week. We'll probably lose a few 
<laughs> yeah. after this week. Uh, we'll be down under 100 again. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Got to build it back but, up. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, freedom of speech and thought and, and everything else, you know, it goes both ways. Right to bare arms. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had bare arms. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And we will see you all again next week. Take care. There is one more thing. It's been emotional. So happy now